The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. <laughs> Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. It's the championship games in the NFL at the weekend. AFC, NFC Championship, we shall be talking about them later on. But if you want to bet on who's going to get to the Super Bowl, then you can do so with our partner, betdsi.com. In fact, you can bet on anything, pretty much. You can bet on which rabbit would beat the other rabbit to the end of your garden, if that's your thing. They have more than 20 years online experience, impeccable reputation for great service and fast payment for your winnings. Great mobile interface, so you can bet on the move if you want to. Play, win, and get paid anywhere anytime and look to help you get started with some extra bang for your buck they're offering double your money on your first deposit so you deposit to start winning and get up to two and a half thousand dollars free so double your money right from the go and like i said it could be football it could be rabbit racing it could be anything the college basketball season is about to kick off baseball around the corner the nba is underway the miami heat are doing well apparently these boys keep boring me through the night with uh, messages about how tyler harrow's got better than is a better player than his suit was at the draft you can get um you if you use the promo code yards 101 that's yards 101 you will get all sorts of special discounts from bet dsi like i said they're our partner they've been with us all the way go and do your betting with betdsi.com welcome to three yards per carry a podcast covering the miami dolphins and the nfl now here's your hosts chris Alf and Simon. And we're on, and welcome to another edition of Three Yards for Carry. I'm Alfredo Artiaga. Simon Clancy is here with me. Chris Kaufman is here with me. Now, who is not here with us is Patrick Graham, and now evidently Jerry Shaplinsky. Uh, there's been a max exodus, I would say, from this coaching staff, and nobody can explain it, although some things have come about that kind of explain at least the Patrick Graham uh, exodus to New York, I believe it was. Uh, Chris, what do you make of this? And this is kind of odd, isn't it? (laughs) Extremely. Um, First off, I think that we should, uh, before we get into that, it's like sort of because the news, let's just, let's just go over the the real news. Jerry Shaplinski is going to the New York Giants supposedly to be the quarterbacks coach 
of the New York Giants. Jerry Szaplinski, uh has been described as best friends with uh, the, the new head coach hire in New York, Judge. Um, is Joe Judge, right? Um, yeah. yeah. He, he's been described by, uh, by Mike Lombardi as best friends with Joe Judge. So why is that happening? That's why that's happening. Jerry Szaplinski, if you recall, was rumored to be the target – I mean, some some people were saying that Chad O'Shea was fired specifically to try and keep Jerry Shaplinsky, which I had never bought that to begin with. I think we talked about it on the show, and I said that I never really bought that. Um, but, you know, obviously not true because he didn't get the call up. Supposedly it's Chan Gailey that's going to be the offensive coordinator, so he got picked over. Jerry Shaplinsky did, and now he's going off to a new team. The other one uh, is Patrick Graham, who Adam Kaplan says is being given the title of assistant head coach. So there was a little bit of crossed wires there, you know, where it's, they're saying that the Dolphins are not going to block his lateral move. It turned out to be not a lateral move, or at least according to Adam Kaplan, it is not going to be a lateral move with that assistant head coach title. I believe the rules that are in place uh, say that it can't be blocked. So, um, so Patrick Graham is getting the promotion. Kudos to the Dolphins, really, um, not to take sort of like the, the optimist approach here, but kudos to the Dolphins for putting together a staff last year and after only one year and after declaring Chapter 11 bankruptcy with the roster, <laughs> still having their coaching staff raided. <laughs> <laughs> after a year i mean we've seen this in the past and like nick saban hires scott linehan and after only a year he gets robbed of him so uh, and then adam gase hires vance joseph and after a year he gets robbed of him um those guys weren't those guys didn't declare bankruptcy on the roster okay no. miami declared bankruptcy on the roster and they got their their coaching staff rated anyway so uh, i guess kudos to them but at the same time i i I don't want to put a positive too much of a positive spin on this because if we would have asked ourselves this, ask all of Dolphin, including ourselves here at three yards per carry, uh, what do you think of Chad O'Shea as the offensive coordinator? What do you think of Patrick Graham as the defensive coordinator? And we ask ourselves that coming out of the year, we'd say pretty good coordinators. I'm looking forward to, um, to what they'll do next year. Um, and now they're gone, and so I think it'd be really disingenuous of us to turn around and be like, "Yeah, good riddance." You know, they were they were dead weight anyway. Um, yes. So no, I don't want I don't want to do that. I don't want this podcast. You know, this podcast is not going to blow smoke up your ass. Um, we value our independence and objectivity. This seems like a negative. Uh, and that said, you never really know with assistant coaches. We've said this before. It's it's all it's like suboptimal. <laughs> yeah, evaluating assistant coaches is nothing like like evaluating players. There's no film to to really grade or anything like that. So yeah. um so you never know if it's an upgrade or a downgrade or whatever. Um it's just it, I I don't want to say it's a positive though. Uh and we'll just have to see what it is because we weren't expecting it and now here we are. What I like is the rusty swing in Chris's background. It sounds like a uh Sounds like a horror movie where somebody's just. Uh, 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 uh. Does that mean you're going to get killed in a minute, Chris? Is it like no, some, masked, no. some masked hood who's going to burst in and yeah, he's just been sat in a rusty? WD40 That's just there. I've I've just come I've just come back from hunting. I put a few I put a few up on the rack and. Uh, <laughs> nice. 
Nice. Uh, no, I mean, Chris, Chris kind of covered it really. I'm, I'm pretty surprised, frankly. Um, I think it's, I think the writing was on the wall for Shlapinski yesterday when it was announced that we were bringing in the quarterback coach from West Virginia. Um, mm. It feels, uh, the Graham thing feels very interesting um, because actually, uh, and bizarrely, I was just on a, a New York Giants podcast who asked me to come on and just chat about Shlapinski and Patrick Graham. And I said, I thought, they'd, you know, especially Graham, I thought generally he did a pretty decent job given the, the, the shambles of players that were assembled for his disposal. Um, and save for that cover zero blitz against Pittsburgh, it was pretty, um, you know, generally, it was pretty decent fair, especially in the second half of the season. That comes as a bit of a surprise, really. And it, it, it's a bit of a head-scratcher, I think, in terms of, look, you know, you hit the end of the season, everybody was on a pretty pretty high because, um, you know, Flores and, and his staff had done a really good job. They managed to eke out five wins, which, you know, you can look at it either way. Tua enters a draft, and all of a sudden, O'Shea's gone. Dave Dugigliamo's gone. Tony Oden's gone. Ch- um, uh, now Patrick Graham's gone. Clearly, Jim Caldwell's not coming back. And it's like, whoa, okay, what's what's happening here? Schlepinski's gone. Uh, Chris messaged me this afternoon to say he's gone. It was like, wow. I mean, who who else is going? This is we hired a high school coach to coach DBs. Josh Boyer has been. Has been pushed up to um to the to a defensive coordinator. We've got a 94 year old uh, offensive coordinator who last coached uh, at the same time as Vince Lombardi. Um, <laughs> so it's going to be a lot of single T formation and. Uh, but no, I mean, I, I, to me, it's a bit of a worry, really. Um, you know, there's look. You kind of got to trust Brian Flores because he's done a terrific job, but it does smack of a little bit. You know, the Gailey thing feels like a sort of slightly step backwards. Losing Graham feels unnecessary, perhaps. Um, I know that they rate Josh Boyer very highly and we'll just have to see how it plays out. But um, I remain to be convinced, I think. Yeah, what's interesting is that Robbie Brown has a connection to Gailey. So I guess the the Gailey thing is happening. Like that's actually going to happen. So they bring in Chan Gailey. Now, Patrick Graham... uh, are we going to miss them? I saw too many times down the stretch this year where Brian Flores held the play sheet and was actually talking into his headset. So we don't know how much he was meddling with Patrick Graham's play calls. But I know that you know what we are losing is kind of a steady hand and a pretty good voice in, in camp, at least for what I saw. A guy who was pretty good with the media. Players liked him. He was kind of funny, to be honest with you, especially in the, in the little press gaggles. So, and he seemed to have a pretty good rapport with Brian Flores, but I guess more money, more responsibility. And, and I, I guess I would say free reign with his defense in New York is probably a better gig than, I guess, nursing whatever Brian Flores tells him to do. And not to say he was a puppet here, but yeah, I, I, I guess I would say he was kind of a puppet here. Do you get that sense, Chris? Uh, I so the way I look at the these 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 hires though I, I I take a little bit of a different view. I'm trying to look at because Austin Clark has been hired as the defense or as the outside linebackers coach um, from uh, Illinois, and you look at Robbie uh, Robbie White, who by the way I believe I saw him coaching quarterbacks today at the Shrine practices at the East West Shrine practices. He had a 
Dolphins hat on. It's big, tall, gangly looking dude. Um, I couldn't see his, I couldn't see his red hair under the Dolphins hat, but I'm pretty sure it was him. Uh, and then you look at uh, there's there's a Kurt Kuntz or Coach uh, Kuntz that's Kuntz, supposedly just say it. it's Kuntz. It's Kuntz. <laughs> just don't, don't be scared. It's All right, K-U-N-T-S. Uh, so Z. No, it's it's, it's a Z. It's a Z, but it's Kuntz. So it's Kuntz. Kuntz. Coach Kuntz is coming over from uh, from a high school <laughs> from a high school to coach. I, I presume that he would be taking over for um, for Josh Boyer, who's getting the call up to defensive coordinator. Uh, so you look at these these new hires that they've got, and uh, particularly Austin Clark and Kuntz. Um, <laughs> they're teachers like uh, what is a high school coach if not a teacher these are the high school coach is not a, some egghead that sits in a you know on a on a whiteboard and draws up fantastic x's and o's they're they're teachers of the game and often real life teachers too um and, uh, in the classroom so i mean he's a teacher and austin clark is best known for the job that he did convert or i guess salvaging the career of Olawale Bedeku, who's now in the draft, who was a five-star, basically a bust at USC, uh, came over from Nigeria, only played one or two years of high school ball, knew nothing about football, the game of football in general, and went to USC, and they tried to convert him to an outside linebacker in their complex defense and couldn't see the the field for three years. So uh, Austin Clark goes over to Illinois, becomes the defensive line coach there, and the first thing he does is spearhead the movement to, to get – Bedeku over as a transfer as a graduate transfer and he immediately puts his hand down in the dirt makes him a defensive end tries to get him to think about less things and was rewarded with one of the one of the the strongest pass rushers really in the country and in college football and the job that he did there I mean the teaching that he did the one-on-one teaching if you talk to Bedeku a lot uh, or see him interviewed, and he, he credits the coach, Austin Clark, for all of the one-on-one time that they did teaching. And that's that's what he is. He's a teacher. So I think that you're looking at guys like uh, Clark and the high school coach, Kunz, and maybe even Robbie, Robbie Brown, since I saw him teaching today at the Shrine practices, the quarterbacks group. Um, these guys are all teachers, and I think that that may be, may be the emphasis uh, as I look at this, this staff going forward. Yeah, what I don't understand yeah. is this. Uh, in any other walk of life, but I guess it's not like that in the NFL, you try to hire, like, the best people available. And for whatever reason, in the NFL, it's always this obscure connection you might have to somebody or you're trying to dig up the next great guy at that certain position group because I'm looking at what's happening in, in Dallas and might as well bring up Dallas since I was accused of being a Cowboys fan two days ago. You are. I am. Chris Richard is being completely disrespected, has an interview with half the league and is still not going to be a defensive coordinator this year. Now we consider this guy to be head coach, but this guy can't get a DC job anywhere. Uh, why is that not the case in the NFL, Simon? And I understand why it's not because it's just, you know, it just doesn't work that way. But why is it that teams just don't, you know, they stick to these, these, this dogmatic program of either going with guys that they're familiar with or they're connected with or that are familiar with the tree that they come from? 
why don't why don't they go outside of that in the NFL? Simon. Uh, it's because he's black. That's, that's. I mean, I'm, I'm being serious. I'm being serious. The the I mean, the Peter King had a piece about uh, how Dan Rooney would essentially be spinning in his grave if he knew about how badly the Rooney rule had been essentially ripped up. And you look at the lack of black uh, and uh, 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 black interviews um, for head coaching positions. Um, you look at the lack, or you know, you look at you look around the NFL all the really good young black coaches uh, and none of them were interviewed you know we've got 32 white owners in the nfl um and then that's absolutely fine but again look at look at coordinators there's very few of them um i feel sorry for chris richard in that you know he was a, a pretty what looked like a pretty close second to, to brian flores for the head coaching gig last year um and now he's out there's rumors that he potentially would uh, might end up in philadelphia um we'll just yeah. have to wait and see but you know you look at you know, John DiFilippo was fired today. There's some really good coaches out there. Um, and, and Chris Rashad is one of them. I, I just want to talk about Coach Cunts a little bit. It's probably Cunts, actually. That's probably how they've, they, <laughs> they, they've fudged that. But um, he, he's, he coaches... Oh, now you say Cunts. Yeah, I mean, mate, I'm going to be saying Cunts the entire time, especially when we get <laughs> burned for touchdown after touchdown and his secondary falls apart. And he's going to be the perfect... <laughs> he's going to be the perfect foil for my, uh, my language. Um, but obviously, for those that don't know, obviously he was head coach of Strummers for the last eight years. Steve Belichick, Bill Belichick's father, uh, a, a huge innovator in in football, um, went to Strummers. Bill Belichick was a was a graduate of Strummers High School as well as as was Steve, his his, his son. Um, so there is a you know a kind of tight Patriots connection to there. So I don't think I I, I think do you remember the, a few years ago, Chris? There was a guy. Um, Coach Hall, I think his name might have been, who was rumored that the Dolphins were going to bring in under Adam Gaze. Uh, yeah, the uh, the Miami, the local Miami coach. Yeah. Wait, wasn't yeah. he a South Florida coach, a high school coach? Potentially. Potentially. Yeah. And he was really highly rated and, and, right. and that sort of thing. But th- this is a big jump from coaching, you know, Struthers High School to coaching a second team all pro like Xavier Howard and piecing together what will be a fairly new, I suspect, secondary. Uh, moving forwards, probably with a lot of young corners, uh, mm-hmm. potentially high-picked corners, you know. Um, so it'll be in- interesting to see, you know. I mean, look, like I said earlier, Flores can't probably deserves the benefit of our doubt at this point, but, you know, I remain to be convinced. Mm. Yeah, Chris, and I'm going to ask you the same, the same question. I think Simon was very eloquent in one of the main reasons why this doesn't happen. But Chris Richard is out there. He's essentially out there. Now, we know it's not going to happen, and we knew beforehand it was probably never going to happen. But why is it that he wasn't even considered? Why isn't that teams are just not falling over themselves to to hire this guy as a DC? Like, I don't get I it. I don't understand. I really can't speak to the other teams out there um, because I don't I don't know why they, they, they don't hire the guy. Um I think Simon's got a point. I mean, you look at you look at the hires and you look at the landscape out there, and it's uh, it's pretty goddamn conspicuous. Um, but at the same time, I know that in Miami, first off, you don't know that he would even entertain becoming uh, a defensive coordinator in Miami under a defensive-minded head coach like Brian Flores, who wants to run his system. 
mm-hmm. you know, and, and whereas Chris Richard would be like, well, I want to come in if I'm going to be the defensive coordinator, I want to be able to run my system. Um, which by the way, Patrick Graham, that's another reason why this is probably considered a little bit of a, a bump up for him, a promotion in New York. He's going to be coaching under a special teams coach who filled in at wide receiver coach this year. Um, not particularly well. Uh, and, and I think that, um, that kind of carries around some, uh, some authority, I guess, uh, on the defensive side of the ball for Patrick Graham, in addition to being the assistant head coach. Um, I don't think Chris Richard would come here to Miami. I don't think it would be a good marriage between, um, the, the guy who won the head coaching job in Miami and the also ran, who interviewed for it as well. Um, I don't yeah, and think they're kind of like clones of each other. If you really think of it, think of it. Well, I, I don't know if they, I don't know if they are. They're, guy, I think they're, they're guys that specialize in working with secondary people. And now you're going to have two voices that pretend to be. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. They, well, they both come from the defensive side. That's why it's like, yeah. they, it's, it's probably not a good, a good mix. And so we'll see, we'll see what ends up happening all along it. But the thing, the other thing that I want to bring up is that, um, I found it fascinating given how much we heard and saw during the year and really uh, from the moment he was hired, Brian Flores, that this, this pressure that was constantly there, the question that was always there, which is like, are you just trying to be another Bill Belichick? Are you trying to be another Bill Belichick? Are you trying to be Patriot South? Uh, and Brian Flores was always like, no, I'm my own man. I'm my own coach. I'm, you know, everybody, everybody around him kept saying that. And it, I sensed this pressure to step away and, you know, Hey, we hired Brian Flores. We didn't hire the Patriots, you know? Um, and what have they done this off season, but we're only a couple of weeks into it is they've expatriated the offense completely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is, there is no Patriots influence left there. Uh, Brian, between Jerry Shaplinsky, Chad O'Shea and Dave DeGuglielmo, they are all gone. Um, the only one that still remains that has some Patriots influence is George Godsey. And why is he here? But that's because Brian Flores is, um, I think he's like best friends with George Godsey. He's described before how for years when they were coaching in different places, they would talk on the phone together or like pretty much every day, which is kind of ridiculous to me. And um, so I think that uh, I think they've deep, you know, expatriated that offense where I don't know where the, where they're going necessarily with the defense, whether they're trying to step away or not. But certainly they've made this decision that what makes the Patriots tick isn't the offense, um, unless you have Tom Brady. Uh, and so I think they're they're going in this completely other dire- direction now. Yeah, including the the running game, which is a one hundred and eighty degree change in philosophy. Mm-hmm. You know, now we would be remiss if we didn't talk about this, but. It's championship weekend, and you have a classic matchup in the Packers traveling to San Francisco. And in the AFC, you have Ryan Tannehill traveling to Kansas City. Now, this week on Twitter was, you know, unlike, you know, most weeks on Twitter, you know, it was pretty rational this week. Uh, Everybody had Tannehill as somewhere between a cross of Trent Dilfer and Jeff Hostetler. They're both wrong. Ryan Tannehill has been very good in the lead up to the, to this AFC championship game, uh, Simon, you, you had a long thread about it and it got a lot of traction on, on Twitter. Uh, if you could talk about it, I appreciate it. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I just think that, you know, uh, unfortunately, he's the victim of of Derek Henry's success in a way, and that people really, uh, casual observers, um, have essentially seen him throw for 72 and 89 yards or whatever it is in the last two playoff games, uh, and just said, you know, he's a game manager and it's it's all Derek Henry, which basically uh, flies in the face of everything that's happened since he took over. The, the, the Titans were two and four when, when Ryan Tannehill took over and not going anywhere near the playoffs. They're nine and three since, uh, including a victory over the Chiefs, um, which he engineered. Um, he was brilliant throughout the season. Um, uh, he was the number one rated quarterback in the NFL. Um, that's not a fluke. Uh, he is the only the second quarterback in NFL history to have four games over a certain I can't remember what the rating is. Um, he, I mean, he was superb. He was absolutely superb. And, you know, I, I saw a lot of their games. Um, certainly, I mean, quite a lot of them were in the, were in the late window um, when there's only two or three games on. So just tuned in because it was him. And, you know, he, Arthur Smith had him moving around the pocket. He would look great standing at tall in the pocket and making throw, delivering strike after strike after strike after strike, building up a great relationship with AJ Brown, with John U. Smith. Um, uh, and, you know, he made a... a, a Absolutely superb throw um, to the backup tight end to beat the Patriots on a critical third down that kind of kept the, the drive moving. And then Derek Henry just kind of ran them into the ground from that point forward. And then at the weekend, look, great first touchdown to Johnny Smith with the one-handed catch in the end zone. Only, you know, it's thrown only where Smith could catch it. The long ball touchdown on his very next throw. Uh, he ran it in uh, for another score. He for 21 points. Yep, Derek Henry has rushed for... 211, 196, and 189 yards in the last three games. And he clearly is the fulcrum. And why wouldn't you ride the hot hand? But yeah. to say that Ryan Tannehill hasn't had a major influence in why the Tennessee Titans are even in the playoffs um, would be, uh, I just think it's foolhardy, it's foolish, it's embarrassing for people. that It's just people that don't understand football. Yes, he hasn't been needed to, I, I don't understand that the game plan is working so well. The offensive line yeah. is absolutely killing people. Why would you go away from it? Yeah, if the no, opposing no. team know what's coming and yet you still can't stop him. He's running, he's averaging 6.9 yards a carry in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, and I'll give you I mean, and I'll give you and I'll give you a little bit more. Uh, Robert Mays wrote for the Ringer today about this what he called an improbable run and he gave a lot of credit to Ryan Tannehill and I'll give you a Derrick Henry stat. Derrick Henry has 12 100-yard games in his career. 7 of them are with Ryan Tannehill. Okay, he's only played with Ryan Tannehill this year. Okay, Derrick Henry over his first 56 games in the NFL had five 100-yard games. He's had seven in the last eight, including his top three rushing performances in his career, all back-to-back, all with Ryan Tannehill at quarterback. It goes hand-in-hand. Yes, Tannehill is, is, you know, he's benefiting from this great running game, but it does go hand-in-hand. Now, I know that, that it pains Chris, but... You know, would it really, really be painful for you, Chris, if Ryan Tannehill ends up in the Super Bowl here in Miami? Fuck yeah, it would be. Are you kidding me? <laughs> are you kidding? Are you serious? Like we it have been. What have we been, been bitching bit. about in this town for twenty years now? Almost twenty years now is about finding the successor to Dan Marino, finding that next quarterback, finding the next great one. We 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 put up with this guy for seven years. <laughs> As he, like, you know, he bumped around, mostly average, had a great year once or twice. Um, 
got hurt, you know, had some unfortunate things happen to him. Yes, there were a lot of coaches. Yes, there, there was a lot of coaching problems. And yes, there was a lot of surrounding cast problems. We always said that he, he had talent and that he was, he was better than people thought. And we meant it. But yeah, we put up with that for seven years. Finally, decide it's over. He goes somewhere else, and then he's like playing at defense or at offensive player of the year levels, and going to the AFC Championship, possibly going to Miami to play in the Super Bowl. Fuck him! Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Like we have this is what we have to deal with now. After all of the things that we've had to deal with as a franchise for twenty years that this is this is the next thing i mean that yeah that sucks yeah that's painful i'm not i'm gonna admit it you know i yeah i'm happy for him he's a great guy i get it but uh but still oh my god yeah, but you know why you know why i wish success for him because i want all of his detractors especially in this town that unfairly in my in my view unfairly ripped him for even oh, well, things they did. that weren't his fault to completely eat, eat this shit burger that they're about to eat well, one, one question he is answering right now that is undeniably, there is always a question, can you win a championship with Ryan Tannehill? He's in the AFC goddamn championship. Yes, you can win a championship with Ryan Tannehill. It's Absolutely. clear. And, and maybe, maybe it takes Derrick Henry being turning into a Superman all of a sudden to do that. I don't know. They have a, they have a good – I mean – to play in any championship game, you have to have a good team, which yeah. means you have to have good pieces. It's never just one guy. And they're it's never, is not even good. just the quarterback. Really, really good. They're yeah, so, really good. So I don't buy that argument. You know, the argument is like, oh, well, you, you know, he needs Derrick Henry to turn into Earl Cam- or you know, Earl Campbell times two. And, uh, and, and then all of a sudden he can play in the championship. Well, no, he's playing in the championship. Clearly, he can guide a championship run. As a quarterback, he always has had that in him, even in Miami, and we didn't get it done around him. Um, but at the same time, I don't regret Miami Miami hunting for bigger game. Do you? I mean, do you regret Miami hunting for Absolutely Tua Tungavailoa this draft? Absolutely uh, and not. Simon, uh, you know, Alf? No? No. Okay. When we end up so with I- Justin Herbert, though. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lesser version of the guy that just left here. Now you just now you just gonna shit on me even more. I mean that's sorry, but <laughs> uh, I mentioned them briefly in the WhatsApp chat, uh, I, th- I believe last week, and I mentioned them also on the Twitter account on the Three Yards Per Carry Twitter account. But you know who's an unhung, unsung hero in all of this? I hope he's not an unhung hero. Well, he well, th- their coach might be in a couple of weeks. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I've never heard – I've never seen seen such a thing where c- cutting your coach's dick off becomes a rallying cry. And Taylor Lewan seems to be very serious about that. Yes. But I'm going to go to the other side of the line, and I think he's he's a star. He's been a star of these playoffs. You can watch him. He's actually fun to watch because he's running 20 and 30 yards down the field, finding people to hit, and that's Jay Conklin. Uh Simon, your thoughts about signing him? He seems like this is the kind of run that you can, I guess, name your price, and he could be pretty expensive, but that's a pretty quick fix to the right yeah, side I mean, of I, the line. I mean, I talked about him a while ago and said, you know, I thought I, I was surprised he was a free agent. Obviously, he's been injured. He had the ACL tear, but he looks back to 100%. Um, I mean, there's good players all over that team. I, uh, you know, people say, oh, we should bring Henry to my. Derek Henry is not leaving Tennessee. I mean, he is no. 
that team is built around Derek Henry. Yeah, You're not going to get rid not. of the guy. He's six foot five. He's six foot four, two hundred and forty-seven pounds, and he is the fulcrum of that entire team. You're not. He's not going anywhere, anywhere at all. Um, but and no, can we I, give I think, credit to him for being for being really durable too? Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, but phenomenal, I mean, phenomenally think so. about the carries he took at, te- at Alabama for Nick Saban, and now he's come to the NFL and he's just doing this. I mean, you just feed him and feed him and feed him. It's incredible. He's superhuman. He is beastly. I mean, he's had um, – and you look at – I looked at that game that he – the last game against the Texans when they were trying to get in the playoffs where he had 211 yards, and they were just running him down after down after down towards the mm-hmm. end of the game because they wanted him to win the rushing title. And I was thinking – this is going to come back and bite you in the ass the first week of the playoffs because, you know, you're, he's just running and running and running. Turns around and runs for 195 yards against the Patriots. <laughs> and then I was like, mate, this is, you're, you're going to struggle next week against the Ravens because, you know, you've back-to-back. He turns around and runs for, what, 186 yards, including, and then throws for a touchdown, rips off a 66. I mean, the, the, the astonishing thing about the 66-yard run that he had down to the five-yard line was that he was running away from everybody but the, the only person that caught him was Marcus Peters, who we worked out was 57 pounds lighter than him. Oh, no, actually, mm-hmm. more than that. 67 pounds lighter than him. And Peters could only get him at the five-yard line. He ran away from everybody else. Like the, the stiff arm to Earl Thomas was phenomenal. That was, that I mean, was, was my favorite turned, play of his. He turned him, he into, turned him he turned, into the fullback. Yeah, he turned him into the lead blocker. <laughs> and then That's after the game, things. evidently told Earl Thomas, eat shit, Earl. Which oh, is, that was I a great was, interview. I think it was good shit, Earl. But no, I I think he uh, said eat shit. I'm not, I'm not sure. But anyway, regardless, what a player though! What a player! What a, what he a is player. fun to watch. He is the one thing I hope for the Titans is that Ryan doesn't lose it. Right, that it doesn't yeah. come down to a mistake because because that, that will just help fulfill. But it will help fulfill the narrative for all the idiots around. It, there. Absolutely, everybody. You know, yeah. if he if they lose. It'd be great, you know. I'd love for him to throw for four touchdowns and 390 yards and have an absolutely brilliant game. And they they lose on a last second field goal. I, I don't want him to throw the pick six or, you know, go nine of 29 for 86 yards and three picks and the Chiefs. I, I'd hate that because that would just be that would fulfill all the funny gags that people, you know. And I think he just deserves better than that, actually. But, but it's maybe, mostly maybe in Miami, right? Human. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's mostly in Miami though. So who cares yeah. what happens down here? I mean, he's he's gone somewhere else now, and yeah. I mean, I I just hope he doesn't do terribly. I would like for them not to be in the the market for quarterbacks and trying to you know at the same time that we are. And so if they want to go ahead and re-sign Tannehill and and make, I think he's, I think they're a, he's a he's a made man there. And yeah, I mean, and and there's word yeah. continue that. That's up. fine. Yeah, and there's word starting to trickle out of Tennessee that he's prepared not to beat them up. And I suspect he gets franchised because I yeah, suspect they want to see the second part of the reports that are coming out another year. Worst case scenario is that he would accept a franchise tag for the year. So it looks that's like good of him to accept that. the 25 million pounds. Yeah, yeah I know, right? Take, uh, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, you know, against my <laughs> against my better judgment. Good for him, though. Good for yes. him. Good no, for good him. for him. Absolutely. Good for, now we talked enough he, about good for he and his dry taint. Yes, we talked <laughs> enough about the Tennessee Titans. Let's talk about the other side of that game. And my God, Dan Marino has been reincarnated. That team reminds me of the 1984 Miami Dolphins. Like they don't do much else particularly well except 
throw the ball all over your ass for about 50 points and mm. score points in bunches. And in fact, they scored six touchdowns consecutively on six consecutive drives, all of them with in less than six plays, which is insane to me. Can they win a Super yeah. Bowl that way? Simon. Yeah, I think they can. I mean, I thought it was a typical Andy Reid. We were just going to have the typical Andy Reid in the playoffs kind of blew it yesterday. But I mean, what the amazing thing was that Bill O'Brien managed to shoot himself in the face with a bigger gun than Andy Reid was doing. So, no. so um, two weeks I mean, in coaching, a row, mate. Yes. I mean, how is he? I mean, I don't know how he's. I mean, I, I've never been a fan of his. But Although there's I'm, no I'm, justice in mind, this world. Yeah, I did yeah, not I'm mind that fake not, punt. I really didn't mind that fake punt because at that point, at really? that point in time, are you a Chiefs fan? Breaking loose around him. You're up 24-3. Just kick it away. The only people that don't mind that fake punt are Chiefs fans. Well, at that point, it was 24-14, wasn't it? No, it wasn't. It was 24-3. It's on his own 30. And and he's doing it with a free safety. (sighs) If there's any any justice, and thank God there is, uh, he does not go to the champion. He does not go to the Super Bowl, Bill O'Brien, because there's no way. That is – yeah. I mean, look at the week before, the way they finished that game against the Bills. Remember how both teams were trying to lose it? Yeah. I mean, it was it was insane. And and so, thankfully, you know, things worked out where Patrick Mahomes is in the AFC Championship and possibly the Super Bowl. We'll find out. We'll see uh, how they do against Tennessee. That would be a weird game. Uh, I mean, well, I will say this: I think I think Tennessee have got a better chance of beating Kansas City than they did have had a, than they did of of beating Baltimore. Right? They should have. They shouldn't yeah. have had the the chance that they did against Baltimore. Yeah. And they, okay. Yeah. The score was twenty four seven when they did the fake punt. Okay, two minutes later, two exactly two minutes later, the score was twenty four twenty one. Yeah. I mean, it's. Jesus. I mean, that's what happens, man. I mean, that's that was some phenomenally bad <laughs> judgment on bill o'brien it was also bad defense like let's let's and be real it's bad this defense is not what you want to be known for you give up six touchdowns in a row on less than six plays each drive that's bad the defense. good news is for the texans though that they've got that first round pick over the next two years to use on diff- <laughs> oh no shit they don't have that do they no they don't <laughs> sorry 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 guys. sorry texans fans so we do we, we get their number speaking of which we get their number 26 pick Yes, uh, that's that's settled. So we have five, eighteen, and twenty-six. Um, for what it's worth, yeah. uh, and so that's good. Um, and then, but now we're gonna get. Well, who do you? Th- what do you think is gonna happen in the NFC? Is it gonna be San Francisco or your team, Green Bay? I'd, I'd love for Green Bay to win, but yeah, I think the Four So would I. So would I. Because San Francisco is just so boring, but they're mm-hmm. just so good. They're, that's a good football team. They do everything right. The only thing I think they've the, shown this season that they're not capable of is coming from behind and throwing it all yeah, over the lot, just, but they don't I was just to. about to say that. I, I think if Green Bay can get up early and take yes. that, that running game, take Breeder and Moster and Tevin Coleman out of the equation a little bit and make Jimmy Garoppolo win it, that would, that would frighten me if I was a 49ers fan because I'm not a massive Garoppolo fan. Yes. But mm. I think if they can control the clock running the ball like that. you know those touchdown drives they have where they rush around it eight nine times the you know stadium McGlinchey playing so well the interior of that line playing really well uh, you know and the the concepts that Shanahan has even to you know even when they throw the ball all that jet motion I think is 78 percent motion he motions 78 percent of the time just to take that linebacker out take that safety out and it opens you know slants and curls and things up for him uh, I was just gonna say isn't it eerie how um, symmetrical this is though 
the, these two championship games. Yeah. I mean, look at look at the way the San Francisco 49ers play football and the way that the Tennessee Titans play football. Look at the way, you know, Green Bay and Kansas City play football and who they're led by, you know, um, at, at the quarterback position. It's, it's oddly symmetrical. I know that San Francisco is more successful this year at, um, than the Tennessee Titans were, although, you know, not with Ryan Tannehill at quarterback. With Ryan Tannehill at quarterback versus Jimmy Garoppolo, they were kind of more, um, more similar. It's going to be it's going to be an interesting set of games then because yeah. you know one could go one way and the other could go the other way. But I, I think that San Francisco might be a little vulnerable, and I think that the what I would keep an eye on is the difference is that I know we've talked about it, Simon several times during the year, uh, but Green Bay can get after the passer. Mm. And, oh, 100%. Yeah, and and if you look at if you look at what they do, and they can also protect the passer. So. Yeah. I think that that could be an edge for them that allows allows Aaron Rodgers to do his 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 business uh, against them and gets after Jimmy Garoppolo just enough to try and make him win the game. And I I, I wonder if that's how things if that ends up being the edge in that game, like the fact I that want, they can yeah they can protect. I wonder- I think, Chris, that one of the key things for for the Packers in this game is that because clearly Sherman is going to trail Devontae Adams wherever he goes. I, one of those receivers, Alan Lazard, uh, Valdez Scandling, John O'Malison, um, um, what's his name, Jay Kumaro, Jimmy Graham, one of them is going to have to step up and, and be a significant contributor, which they haven't really done this season. Valdez Scandling looked like he might do last season. Lazard's played well in patches, but I think somebody's got to really step up. I think the critical thing for me is the, the matchup between Aaron Jones and uh, Fred Warner. Obviously, Warner, the all-pro, tremendous linebacker. It, it, to be able to slow down that pass rush of Eric Armstead and uh, Butler and Bozer and D Ford and, and Solomon Thomas, I, I think the screen game is going to be critical and, and Jones so good out of the backfield. Whether he can beat Dre Greenlaw and and Quan Alexander back from the injury, and obviously uh, Warner will be will be key. Um, but I, I I just wonder if the Packers have enough. I, I suppose I look though at the fact that you look at every one of those key positions on that team: quarterback Rogers, running back Jones, wide receiver one Adams, left tackle Bakhtiari, pass rush Darius Smith, cornerback Jair Alexander, kicker. You know they've got. They've got really great players at all those critical positions that you need to win a championship. There's no weakness at the at the cornerstone positions. No. It's whether or not some of those other players, you know, you're going to need big performances from that secondary. Darnell Savage, Adrian Amos are going to have to be huge. You know, Blake Martinez and and um, you know those Kenny Clark's going to have to have a monster game. You know, trying to shut that run down. That he, Fat crawl is going to have to play a big part. They're really going to have to, you know, the, those run fits, the run lanes. They're really going to have to be absolutely on point if they're if they're to uh, to do it. Here's yeah. one quick counterpoint though to that though about Richard Sherman in particular. Um, will he follow Devontae Adams? That's well, a big question because he's played 86 percent of his snaps this year strictly at left corner, like not mm-hmm. not not moving to the slot at all. Okay, um, like only. 22 of his snaps in the slot. Be careful, Chris, or uh, he's going to call you out in the next press conference. Yeah, well, uh, hopefully he does. Um, so, but yeah, he, he does play, I guess he'll play in some 
you know, dime positions uh, in the box. But it, it's weird. Like, they could do that because we've seen the game plans, certainly for the championship games and the Super Bowl, they'll change, right? Um, we've seen that time and time again that they um, they come up with something new to, to really stymie uh, the other – the opposing team. But if they don't put him on Devontae Adams and then Devontae Adams, you know, goes off again, then it'd be the San Francisco 49ers really have to just be kicking themselves, wouldn't they? Yeah. Now, what I see in this in this game is I, I, I agree with you, uh, Simon, as far as Green Bay. This could be, record-wise it is, but this could be the best Aaron Rodgers team yet. And he already won a Super Bowl with one. But he won no, it in the I think the 2011 team was, was, was so good. And also the team that lost to the Giants three years ago when they went 14-2 and then just blew up in the divisional round. I think they're, they're better. I, I, I think I worry, and I've worried all season, my other half as a Packers fan, I've worried all season, they don't have enough compliments to Adams at the skill positions. Um, mm. You know, I think they hope Jay Sternberger would play a bit, but I think that's, that will be their week. That will be ultimately the thing that lets them down. You know, Aaron Jones has been tremendous. Adams has been tremendous. But beyond that, they're just bits and pieces players, really. Um, and I think that's what, you know, I was surprised they didn't trade for Emmanuel Sanders. I think mm. he would have been an excellent compliment to, um, ironically, obviously, with the, with the 49ers, an excellent compliment to Devontae Adams. I, I just think they're one or two pieces away from from winning it all because I think if they did have a you know a salient number two and a big time tight end I think they really would threaten the the Forty Niners because beyond Sherman you know uh, Jimmy Ward's a decent player a decent hitter but that you know that that other cornerback spot with Witherspoon is a is a disgrace um, and I think they can be got at and you know if Adams can can work on Witherspoon you know if, if Green Bay can keep it tight. You know, and if they can control that running game, if they can do to the 49ers what Tennessee did to the Ravens the other night, then, you know, we'll have a game. Um, and, you know, who wouldn't want to see Aaron Rodgers with the ball in his hands with, you know, a minute and a half to go, needing yeah. a touchdown to win it, to go to the Super Bowl? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what, we all, that's what we're all wanting, really. That's what I'd love to see. Well, we've seen this matchup on both sides this season. Now, we saw with – with well, not Houston, but we saw with Kansas City and Tennessee, it was one of the better games of the year, and it was a game that Tennessee won in Kansas City. But on the other side, we saw the game, and it was in San Francisco, and it was a 37-8 beatdown where Green Bay never even challenged. So they're going to have to reverse that. Is that too tall of an order? And I guess we could pick the games here. Is it too tall of an order? Give me your score, Simon. What do I think it will be? I think it will be San Francisco 34, Green Bay 24. Much as it pains me to say that because I really want Green Bay to win. Chris? I think Green Bay is going to take it. I think it's going to be something like, um, you know, I could see it being 28 to 20 seven or something like that where Aaron Rodgers does need to win it at the end. Um, but I, I, I do, I have a feeling that green Bay is going to be in the super bowl this year. Yeah. And the, and the NBA, there's this old adage, you got to lose before you win. And in the NFL, it's very difficult to see teams that, you know, go from four and 12 to the super bowl. So I think that they, they run into a roadblock and some growing pains here. And the more experienced quarterback comes out on top. And I think we're going to see a pretty good game. I think, these defenses are too good to give up a pile of points. So I'm going to say it's going to be really, really close. And I say Green Bay 23, San Francisco 20. And Green Bay moves on to Super Bowl 
L I V. Live. I think if it, if it was in Lambo, I'd uh, I'd back the Patriots. Uh, the Patriots. What the fuck? That's Juju <laughs> from the last twenty years. I'd back Jesus. the Packers. Yeah. All that's, right. That's awful, man. And now Sorry, the main dude. event. And now the main event. In Kansas City, Ryan Tannehill faces down Patrick Mahomes. Simon, what happens? Um, I think the Chiefs will win, um, and I think it will be thirty-eight. 31 to the Chiefs. So that that means that Tannehill had to have played pretty good if they put 31 points on the board. Yeah. I'll I'll take it. Chris? I'm not sure if it's going to be that high scoring, um, but what I have a feeling is going to happen is that that Kansas City will go on – they'll unleash their onslaught, and it'll look like Tennessee's out of it for a lot of the game. And then all of a sudden in the in the second half, somewhere around the third, fourth quarter, Tennessee starts to get back into it um, and make it somewhat, somewhat close. So, you know, maybe something like 30 to 23 with Tennessee trying, really trying to, to tie it up at the end um, and then not, not quite getting there. Yeah, the last time they played, it was 35-32 Tennessee, and it was a comeback by Ryan Tannehill in the fourth quarter. I see the same thing happening again, but this time the comeback falls short. And I say that Kansas City holds on 34-27. They win by a touchdown. And we get what we really want, really, which is Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes. At least that's what I want out of this weekend. Okay, that's it. There is no more. We will talk to you guys again next week. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider.